After all, even breaking up an international crime ring doesn't justify another woman's borrowing your husband for a honeymoon. Now, does it? The National Broadcasting Company presents The Adventures of the Abbots, starring Claudia Morgan and Les Damon as Pat and Jean Abbott, those popular characters of detective fiction created by Francis Crane. NBC invites you to join Pat and Jean each week at this time for another exciting recorded adventure in romance and crime. Tonight's story, The Dead White Lifeboat. And here is Jean Abbott to set the stage for tonight's puzzle in murder. Since the international situation is extremely tense and the picture changes constantly, many of the governments of the Western world that have gold, bonds, and other valuables in outlying islands, possessions, and obscure portions of the world occasionally move the bullion out. This time, the British government was moving valuables back to London. And Pat had been called in by insurance companies connected with the project to act as a private consultant on a special fee basis. So we sailed for England. At sea, I'd gone topside for a suntan. Pat had gone below for a Tom Collins. He was just leaving the bar alone and heading for the stairway when a very exotic young lady came up to him. She looked as if she'd just stepped out of a perfume ad. Please, I'm in trouble. You've got to help me. Why? What's wrong? You've got to say you're my husband. I can't explain now, but it's terribly important. You must believe me. This isn't a joke or a trick. I'm very serious about it. Oh, now, look, I may have just come from the bar, but I'm practically sober. There's nothing wrong with me, so if this is any kind of a gimmick at all, funny or not, I'm just not interested. I... It's a matter of life and death. Pretend you're my husband for a few minutes. That's all I ask. I'll explain later. Sounds like a great way to get mixed up in a brawl or a lawsuit. Why don't you try somebody else, ma'am? I'm telling you that you'll save my life if you'll do it. Those men, the two men, coming toward us now. See them? Yes, friends of yours? No. No, I told you I can't explain. Just say you're my husband. For heaven's sake, I beg of you, don't let me down. Yes, but what... Shh. Here they come. Hi, Rhoda. Hello, Fred. You remember Johnny, don't you? Sure she does. How have you been, Rhoda? Oh, fine. Thank you. Uh, I don't believe you've met my husband, have you? Fred Carter, Johnny Simmons. This is my husband, Harry. Oh, glad to meet you, Harry. Uh, hello, Fred. We've heard a lot about you, Harry. Well, I'm glad to know you too, Johnny. We've been looking all over the boat for you, Rhoda. Then I suppose you two honeymooners have made it your business uh, to be alone. Eh? I'm sorry <laughs> we didn't get to your wedding. Well, uh, we were, too. Uh... It was my fault, Johnny. I told Harry it would be in bad taste, though. You know, a second wedding for me. I didn't want a very elaborate ceremony, so we just stole away. We'd have had to apologize to a lot of our friends. Uh, uh, perhaps we'll have a little reception in England, uh, eh, Rhoda? I think we should, darling. 
I've heard many interesting stories about you, Harry. Yes, we could hardly wait to meet you. I almost got to see you in Washington. Uh, when were you there? Uh, we're about at... two weeks ago. Two weeks ago. Uh, let me see. Yeah, I guess that's about right. Oh, look who's coming. Who? That girl, she's an old friend of mine. Jean Abbott, of all people. I was just going... Well, Jean Abbott, I haven't seen you in years. How are you? Oh, I... I'm fine, thank you. Just fine. Good. How's your husband? I was just going... My what? I said, how's your husband? Uh, oh, you mean Alphonse? That's it. I can never remember his name. Oh, Jean, uh, meet my wife, Rhoda. I always say that. Your wife. How do you do, Jean? How do you do? And uh, this is Fred and uh, Johnny. How do you do? How are you? Well, we seem to be running into so many old friends today, Rhoda, uh, don't we? Jean, uh, do you know these two are honeymooners? No, no, I, I certainly did not. <laughs> really? Well, I guess Rhoda and I can't keep it a secret much longer. Well, you must all meet my husband sometime. Of course, he's uh, not well. Oh, he isn't? The gout came back. It did? He still has that eye trouble. Oh, eye trouble? Oh, yes, my poor husband. Cross-eyed, you know. Well, I think we better be running along, huh? Running along? Yes, we'll leave these two lovebirds alone. Sure, come on. Lovebirds? Uh, see you again sometime, Jean? Well, I should hope so, Mr. Abbott. Come on, darling. We'll go back to our cabin. Okay, dear. Bye. Well, goodbye. Bye. Well. Hey, care to join us for a stroll around the deck, uh, Mrs. Abbott? Well, I, uh... No, no, I... Yes, I'd be glad to. Those two make a lovely couple, don't they? Magnificent. She got quite a catch in him, I'd say. Handsome fellow. <laughs> I don't know about that. Striking couple. They probably have beautiful babies. They'll what? Look out, Mrs. Abbott. Oh. You'll trip in that steamer chair. Oh. Oh. Here, I'll help you out. Oh. There you are. You seem so struck by what I said. I guess you didn't see that yes. chair. Yes, yes. What was it you said? I said I imagine they'll have beautiful babies. Yes, that's what did it. Yes. I was burning up. Not for my suntan, either. A gag is a gag, fellas, let's face it. But what in the world was Pat doing masquerading as the husband of this pinup girl? My husband gallivanting around, doing the mambo and standing in the moonlight with her. Then the shock wore off and... I began thinking. Johnny and Fred began to strike me as rather tough customers. There was something insidious, probably quite vicious, underneath this monkey business on board ship. I know Pat well enough to realize he'd only be in it if he knew the score. So I let it ride a while. I knew Pat and Rhoda were alone later in her cabin. Uh, I don't know how to thank you, Mr... Uh, Mr... Abbott. Uh, Pat Abbott. Oh, then, then, uh, uh, that girl we met... That's right. She's really my wife. Oh. Luckily, she picked up my hint and played the part correctly. Uh, Jean is my wife, unless she's changed her mind by now. Oh, I'm terribly sorry. That's all right. Jean's a good kid. She'll understand when I explain it to her. Uh, by the way, Rhoda, how do you explain this? Why did you have to manufacture a husband for yourself out of thin air? Well, uh... My husband, Harry, is with an international bank. Mm -hmm. We were in Washington until recently. Then we had word that Harry's uncle died and left us quite a sizable fortune. To collect it, we had to appear at a hearing in England. In Sheffield, as a matter of fact, mm -hmm. uh, 
Those two men are um, Harry's cousins. I see. I suppose they're named as heirs in the will, too. Hmm? Yes. But unfortunately, they're not exactly gentlemen. Fred has a police record, and Johnny's been in some very questionable deals. Harry and I were afraid that... Well, since so much money is involved, we were afraid that... Yes, well, of course. They'd try to kill Harry and collect the whole amount in the will themselves. Hmm? Yes. The will stipulates if Harry dies, Fred and Johnny get all the money. Where is Harry now? In England, I hope. We concocted a scheme. He flew across secretly, on the clipper. We lied and told everyone he'd be on the boat. Those are all his trunks over there. We put the luggage on board deliberately. Luckily, Fred and Johnny have never seen Harry. I didn't expect them to be on this boat. That's what frightened me even more. Yes, I see. They appeared, so you had to produce a husband, a Harry. Yes. Mm -hmm. Rhoda, you can't very well keep this hoax going all the way across, can you? Oh, I could if you'd help me. If you'd act as my husband for the whole trip. Well, I'd be glad to help, but uh, my wife is on board. Uh, wouldn't Jean provide complications? You said she's a good sport. Wouldn't she play the game? Well, she's played it for a few hours, but for the whole trip, uh, well, it becomes a pretty fancy game. Oh, I know. This whole affair strikes you as absurd, but I'm desperate. I can't do anything else. Jean has quite a sense of humor, but uh, I don't know if this gag would appeal to her. Put to her seriously, though. Might... Oh, would you ask her? Well, I... I uh... You'll save my husband's life and more than $100,000. I don't know what might happen if Fred and Johnny found out Harry's not on board. Uh, you're forgetting they think I'm your husband. They might start taking pot shots at me. It's a risk. A terrible risk. Yeah. But would they have the nerve to try anything as open as that? Please help me. You've got to. I shall be so grateful. If you'll just do this for now, me. Now, uh, wait a minute now. Hands off, ma'am. Let's not get too grateful. I'll make it worth your while, whatever you say. I was just thinking. Uh, yes? Might not be too bad. Romantic European crossing with two wives. <laughs> While Pat and Rhoda were in her cabin, I was doing my best to be gay and non-committal with Fred and Johnny. Then the dinner gong sounded, and in the salon, I gave myself a perfect case of galloping indigestion while I watched Pat and Rhoda at another table, being coy with each other, acting like honeymooners. For one shilling, I'd have gone over there and broken the clinch, but I knew I had to restrain myself. Late that night, Pat met me out on deck. It was pitch black, so we decided to risk a stroll together. Pat told me the story. Well, darling, shall we do what Rhoda wants? Keep up the masquerade? Well, Romeo, it looks as if you've decided that already. Why ask me? I'll stop if you want, Jean. Just say the word and I'll call the whole thing off. Oh, it doesn't bother me too much. Not anymore. I think beneath this very sophisticated exterior of mine beats a very primitive heart. <laughs> In that first moment when I saw you with Rhoda, I wanted to scratch your eyes out. But I'm getting used to it now. Swear? Mm-hmm, I swear. Pat, I think you should help her. I can share you for a few days if it means saving someone's life. Well, we've talked a lot about how you feel, darling, but I'm in this ball game too, remember? I miss you. Oh, Pat, darling. Wait. 
Be quiet. People are coming. Come over here. No one must see us together. Where we go? Behind this light bulb. Hurry. Be careful. That's it. Now duck down behind this one. That's it. <laughs> Cozy back here, huh, pal? Yeah. Come closer. I don't hear any people coming. There aren't any. Pat Abbott. <laughs> I just thought if you and I sat down behind this lifeboat where nobody could see us, uh, it's, uh, well, as good as being parked on observation hill in my old jalopy. Remember those nights? Remember them? Of course I do. Mm, look at that rolling water. And the stars just above the masthead. Just like one of those nights together back in New Mexico. Hmm? Oh, what in the world is Came from down the deck. That way. Pat, the alarm bell. Man overboard! Man overboard! Pat, wipe that lipstick off your cheek. All right. You've got a smudge of white paint on your nose. They must have just painted that lifeboat. Here, take my handkerchief. They're lowering a boat for him, see? Well, there go the searchlights. They'll find him. Where is he? Have they spotted him? Out there, Freddy. See where I'm pointing? Searchlights seem to be concentrating there. See what? Oh. Did you see him go over, Harry? Uh, no, Fred. Mrs. Abbott and I didn't see a thing. Where's Rhoda? Oh, why, she's in... Oh, did they find the man yet? Uh, no, not yet, Rhoda. They're looking for him. You shouldn't come out that way. You would freeze in those pajamas. Oh, I was so frightened when the bell rang. I just jumped out of bed and ran to the deck. Passengers, return to your cabins, please. Return to your cabins, please. Keep the decks clear. I returned to my cabin. And Pat went with Rhoda to her cabin. They never recovered the body, although they did their best. The ship's officers checked each cabin to find out who was missing. After the checkup, the announcement was made that Pat Abbott was missing. They questioned me, sort of implying I'd pushed my husband overboard or something. No one on board knew what he looked like except me. So I made up a description that didn't fit Pat at all since he was supposed to be Harry Prescott, Rhoda's husband. Pat went on playing the role for Rhoda's sake. A bit too enthusiastically, I thought sometimes. Anyway, he'd steal back to my cabin occasionally and bring me up to date. The night before we were to dock at Southampton, I got a note from Rhoda asking me to come to her cabin. I'm so glad you've come, Mrs. Abbott. I wanted to thank you. I, I suppose it sounds ridiculous saying thanks for the use of your husband. It's all right, if we've helped you. Of course you have. So much. I won't feel absolutely safe until we dock, though, and I see the real Harry waiting for me at the pier. I know Fred and Johnny. They don't give up easily. I do hope it works well at the pier and nothing goes wrong. I don't think they've caught on. I'm not sure. I've a terrible premonition that something awful's going to happen. Especially since that night when a man went overboard. Well, just skip the premonition. Keep calm. I don't know what they're liable to do. What awful scheme they may have. Well, why don't you just try to forget all about it until we reach Southampton? I will, but it's difficult. I've tried bromides, long walks to tire myself out. I, I just can't sleep. I can't calm down. 
That's your husband now. Pretending, of course, that he's mine. I'll go to the bar, have a drink, give you two a chance to be alone. Well, both my wives. Very convenient. I honestly think you're taking this too lightly. Am I? I won't be satisfied until we've landed safely and the real Harry and I are off to Sheffield. Oh, aren't Fred and Johnny going there, too? Yes, but my husband's bringing a private guard with him, and it's a quick trip. I was just telling Jean I'd leave you two. Uh, see you later, Rhoda? Certainly. Bye. Hmm. Strange feeling. What is? Being alone with another woman's husband. Oh. Well, I hope you don't find it pleasant. Might become a habit. Pat. Hmm? What do you think Fred and Johnny have up their sleeves? We'll see. They'll have to play any card they have very fast. Speaking of what's being concealed around here, uh, have you told anyone I'm a detective? Well, of course not. And the assignment? The gold? The bonds? You mentioned that? Well, certainly not. Is there some on this ship? Being moved back to England? Mm-hmm. Well, where'd it come from? Well, why are they shipping it from New York? I thought... Oh, I see. They're shipping it by a zigzag camouflage route. Probably brought it up from the West Indies. Now, you just mind your own business, dear. I'm on special assignment to watch that stuff, and that's all you have to know. I just told you that much in case anything happens to me. Might come in handy for you to know. Now, come on, let's get out of here. It'd look very bad if you're found in here. But there's no harm in our walking the deck together. Oh... There are those two creeps again, Fred and Johnny. Yeah. They certainly turn up often, don't they? They uh, couldn't be crowding us a little, could they? They could. Hi, Fred. Hello, Johnny. Hello there. So you two really hitting it off, aren't you? Where's Rhoda? <laughs> yeah, you're going to the bar. Mm, she leaves you on a honeymoon like that? With a girl as pretty as Jean? Oh, she's not the possessive type. It is uh, curious, you know. Uh, speaking of curious facts, Fred... Uh, you and Johnny just showed up almost automatically when that man went overboard, didn't you? Just, uh, walking around, that is? Yeah. Just walking around. Why? Well, it's just that you two always pop up wherever Rhoda and I can be found. Uh, you turn up all over the place. Look, my friend, I've got some advice for you. Don't shoot your mouth off. Don't dream up a lot of things. Don't ask questions. It isn't healthy. Oh, thanks. That's kind of you, Fred. Now, I have some advice for you two. Don't start up with me. That isn't healthy either. Now get going. You heard me? Right, like... Wait, Freddy, wait. Not now. Not here. Come on. See you around, friend. Pat Abbott, you're a fine one. You'll get your head knocked off. Uh-huh, that's part of the idea, Jean. I want them to try something. It'll force the whole thing out into the open. And where are you dashing to now? The radio room. I'm going to try to reach the real Harry Prescott... By cable. Now, how can you? And what for? What are you up to? Now, look, you. Don't ask questions. It isn't healthy. Pat simply wouldn't explain. The next morning, our ship pulled into Southampton. Rhoda seemed to be in high spirits. Feeling the worst was over. We came down the gangplank together, Pat, Rhoda, and I. Fred and Johnny were walking a little behind us. 
And as we stepped off the gangplank and onto the pier... Harry must be here somewhere. I can't wait to see him. Well, is he anywhere in that crowd, Rhoda, behind the ropes? No, I don't see him yet. I'll find him back at the customs barrier, I'm sure. Don't say anything now. Here comes Fred. Oh, friends meeting you at the pier, Rhoda? Yes, Fred, I expect some. I was just looking for them. Well, I guess this is goodbye for us, eh, Rhoda? See you later somewhere. Mr. Abbott? Yes, I'm Pat Abbott. You're, you're Harry Prescott, aren't you? What's this all about? Well, he isn't named Abbott, Inspector. Oh, yes, I am. You see, Fred and Johnny, I had friends waiting at the pier, too. They're very anxious to meet you, Inspector... Inspector um... McClintock of the Art. We have men all over the dock, so I would advise no one to try anything. This gentleman is Pat Abbott, and I'm his wife. First time I could say so in almost a week, and I don't mind announcing it at all. Now, let's go on from there. Rhoda, what the devil have you done? Don't you start anything, Fred. Rhoda told us about the will. The will? What will? If you'll all excuse me, I'd like to look for my husband. He might be at the other end of the pier. I hardly think so, Rhoda. My arm! You're hurting my arm, Mr. Abbott. Well, I just want to be sure you won't run off on some foolish errand, Rhoda. Harry isn't an honest peer, is he? He isn't even in England, I'd say. I don't know what you're talking about. Let go of me! Go ahead, Mr. Abbott. Let's have the rest. Your husband is at the bottom of the ocean, isn't he, Rhoda? Your beloved husband you've been so worried about, right? He's dead and gone. Inspector, I appeal to you. This man is... Please continue, Mr. Deppert. When the roll call was made, after a man went overboard, they said Pat Abbott was missing. That meant Harry was really the man that was missing, didn't it? I'd taken his place, hadn't I? Rhoda, if you pulled a trick like that... Oh, but she did, Fred. She murdered Harry? Uh, Certainly. I knew your husband must have registered on board, Rhoda, or the roll call would never have come out that way. Your husband worked for an international bank, all right. He was helping bring gold and bonds and other valuables to London. He wanted to keep his presence on board very quiet, so he stayed in his cabin, allowed no one to spot him. Well, that played right into your hands. You had a smuggling gimmick figured out with Freddie and Johnny. They'd knock him off, use his papers, his keys, get access to the bouillon... Sneak some of it off the ship and that luggage you pointed out to me. You can't prove any of that. But then you got greedy. You decided you wouldn't have to split with Freddy and Johnny. You'd do it all yourself. They'd never seen Harry. So you got me to portray your husband. Freddy and Johnny would go off on a wild goose chase trying to kill me. And they'd step into trouble they didn't expect. Meantime, you killed Harry yourself. Dragged the body out in the dead of night and shoved it into the sea. But evidence, Pat. I don't see how you can really Dear, prove... remember when you and I hid behind that lifeboat and you got white paint on your nose? Well, certainly. Well, they just painted the lifeboats. When Rhoda came out on deck, she was in pajamas. Remember? Why, well, it you... it struck me I... as being just odd enough to call for some investigation. So during one of the many times I was in your cabin, Rhoda, I looked at your dresses. One of them had a big white smudge on it. Paint from the lifeboat. Now, don't tell me you can explain how that happened. Jean and I hid behind one for a reason, but uh, why did you? Could it be that you hid the dead body there till you got the right moment, when the deck was deserted so you could push it over? Or could it be you sweated it out when somebody saw the body go over and turned in an alarm? Or could it be that you saw the murder app coming if they found that body in the water? Well, then, 
Pat, there isn't any will or any dead uncle. Inspector, I'd like to make a small bet with you that Rhoda has a very fancy trunk with hidden compartments. And in the compartments, you'll find very high-valued negotiable bonds, securities, yes, maybe some pure gold, all of which was in Harry's custody. And if you'll check with the purser... I already have. Harry had a safe deposit box. Uh-huh. Rhoda here visited quite a few times. That being watched or questioned, of course, being his wife. The box is quite empty. That stuff in the trunk, too, Rhoda? You uh, can't hold us, Inspector. We didn't do a thing. Except plan to lift all those valuables with Rhoda. Except plan homicide before she beat you to it. Uh, shall we get off the pier? Have a car waiting. Oh, um, Rhoda? Yes, Mrs. Abbott. My curiosity is killing me. The jig's up, so I presume you'll tell the truth. I think I know all about this crime, but, um... Yes? Well, you spent so much time alone with my husband, I don't want to spend the rest of my life wondering. Wondering what happened between us? Exactly. Uh, the, uh, <clears throat> car is waiting. Uh, we have the boat train to catch the London Jean. Well, Rhoda, <laughs> suppose we leave that part of the mystery unsolved, shall we? After all, it's the best part, isn't it? I hate that woman. Oh, she was just being coy. After all, a woman would get satisfaction from not answering that question you asked. I hate you, too. No, this is a fine, high-class London hotel. We're comfortable. Food is better in England now. We've got theater tickets, dinner dates with friends. Relax, dear. Enjoy your stay here. How did Scotland Yard know you wanted them to meet you here at the dock? Well, when I went to the radio room, I wired the Yard to ask if they knew a Harry Prescott. They wired back that he worked for an international bank and was on board our ship with valuables. So I told them to meet us and have the whole pier covered in case Fred, Johnny, or Rhoda tried anything fancy. Mm-hmm. How long will we be here? Oh, it'll take about a week to wrap up my assignments. The British government's bringing lots of valuables back to London on various ships and planes. And don't ask when or where. You can go on shopping sprees. I'll be back every night. Look, Pat, hmm? the Thames. It's corny, but every time I look out the window in London, I... I get a big charge. I know, so do I. Parliament, Westminster. The Bobby's on the corner. <laughs> I'm a real pushover, too. Tourist type. Gawking, wide-eyed American. <laughs> yeah, it's a thrilling view from here, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Thrilling, darling. You seem so thoughtful. What are you thinking? About us? Wishing we were on a honeymoon again? No. Want to duck tonight's date and go somewhere alone? Is that what you're thinking? No. Thinking how much you love me? No. Well, what is it, darling? I hate that woman. I hate that woman.
National Broadcasting Company has presented The Adventures of the Abbots, starring Claudia Morgan and Les Damon, as those popular personalities of detective fiction, Pat and Jean Abbott, created by Francis Crane. The cast included Catherine Barrett, Santos Ortega, and Maurice Tarplin. The Adventures of the Abbots was written by Howard Merrill, original music composed and conducted by Dewey Bergman, produced by Ted Lloyd and Bernard L. Schubert, directed and recorded by Harry Frazee. This is Wayne Howell speaking. Next week, same time, same station, another exciting adventure in crime with Pat and Jean in The Adventures of the Abbots. This is the United States Armed Forces Radio and Television Service.